Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If you're a Christ follower today and you're not in active sin, then wherever you are, God has you there. He has you there for a purpose, to serve, to minister, to be a blessing to others. He'll bless you. And wherever, it doesn't matter the circumstances, doesn't matter sickness, money, disease, I'm wanting things, I think I don't have, wherever I am, God will provide whatever I need to complete His will. He will never ask me to do something that He doesn't provide me to accomplish His will. The marketing philosophy of the world is to try to make you unhappy with whatever you have. They want you to strive for more and, of course, to get that more from them. But is this the way for a Christ follower to live? Pastor Mark will answer this question in his teaching today. You'll hear what the Bible has to say about trying to acquire more stuff, as well as about contentment. In addition to learning about the benefits of contentment, you'll find out what happens when you allow stuff to start ruling your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 12 as he continues his message, Greener Grass. So God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? He said, well, Pastor Mark, does this have anything to do with me? Verse 21 is for you and me. This is how it will be with anyone. Just put your name there. Who stores up things for himself. Nothing wrong with having stuff. Look at the end of it but is not rich toward God. You see, the wealthy man thought he was wise, but God said, no, 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 you've forgotten. Life is very short here, and you've left me out. He was rich in possessions. He called himself a success, but he was banking in the wrong place. How do we correct that? How do we learn the application that Jesus just gave us? Let me give you three things before we close. Number one, know the dangers of covetousness and discontentment. Now, if you will, listen to this verse, Ecclesiastes 5.10. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. I don't have time, but there's two incredible keys. The wisest man on all the earth says this. Number one, if you love money, you'll never have enough. And number two, it's meaningless to think that wealth brings happiness. It doesn't. Here's a picture of the world 
and how that doesn't get to their mind. Let me read you the story of Trump. Let me read you a true story. It's happening right now. It's current. It's fresh. It's right now. Trump is suing the author of a book that in that book, the author said Trump's net worth is between 150 million and 250 million. He's not a billionaire. Trump says he's a billionaire. So Trump is suing that author and that uh, publisher because he says his reputation and his brand have been damaged. And he's missing out on business opportunities because he's not a billionaire. The word for that is fool. By the way, do you think Trump's happy? No, he's not happy. We know he's not happy. Not because he's rich. That has nothing to do with it. We know he's not happy because he doesn't have God in his life. Understand that. Notice this next statement you want to write. We will always want more, but stuff doesn't satisfy. That's not just for Trump. That's for me. We will always want more, but stuff doesn't satisfy. Look at Proverbs 27, 20. Human desire is never satisfied. Do you know I have that in a Bible at home? Here's what happens. Many, many, many years ago, I wrote in my Bible this statement. I will always want more. Even in the ministry. More people in the services. More people coming to Christ. More buildings. More finances so we can do more mission trips. More video campuses now. Nothing wrong with that in its essence. But see, I'm not in control of that. I can't come to church and go, well, it's a holiday weekend. I wonder why every seat isn't filled. And go, well, I guess I'll just teach you who's here. That's none of my business. See, God builds his church. And that becomes a prideful thing. Maybe in your life, I said, Pastor Mark, I want to really be used by God, and I'm really special, and they haven't really identified me as yet. We talked about the other night with elders. You can't do that. Just be where you're at. So understand, God gave us this commandment because he knew that we would always want more. That's what's in my heart. Our sin nature will covet other cars, other clothes, other people's appearance, their status, their talents, their success, even their husbands and wives. Do you know that today we can covet other people's homes? You say, well, I've never done that. Oh, yes, you have. And so have I. We'll travel all over the world. We drive into some town and you drive down this street and you go, like, is that their house? You've been there, haven't you? I wonder what that would be like. Look at that pool. It's like bigger than Brevard County. Wow. Why did God give the commandment? Because of that. Just exactly because of that. Number two. Not only do I have to know the dangers of covetousness and discontentment. Number two. I have to pursue godliness and contentment. I have to pursue godliness and contentment. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Now, godliness is an interesting thing. We talked about that when we talked about lying, tearing people down, false rumors. God hated them. Remember, God says, I hate people that cause division in the church. He hates them. And we talked about, well, just being honest, not stealing from people. And all of these things have to do with godliness. Actually, all the Ten Commandments have to do with godliness. Putting God first in our life, 
Not trying to promote ourselves, but put God first. Well, in 1 Timothy 6, 6, Paul writes this statement. But godliness with contentment, now look at the promise, is great gain. In our world today, it's trendy to be content. Very often when I go to the eastern countries, Thailand, China, those kind of areas, for many, many thousands of years, these people have been into contentment, Buddhist religion, yoga, whatever, and just being content. But notice this statement doesn't say this. Contentment is great gain. It said godliness with contentment is great gain. See, godliness and contentment go together like a horse in a carriage. What does that look like? Write these two definitions down and then we'll move on quickly. So if I can achieve these, I will defeat covetousness person. I will defeat this ladder of discontent. I won't go there and try to stir up stuff in my life or find somebody else, a better person, better circumstances, get it solved, get out of all the mess. And You know, I, I just won't go there. Godliness is this, God's character being reproduced in us. It's the character of God. Loving, kind words, not tearing people down, but building all these things. Being gentle, being a giver, not a taker. Well, what's contentment? Fully satisfied with whatever God brings into my life. Now, I have to say one thing, and I want you to get it very clear. Contentment is not the same as complacency. Contentment is not the same as complacency. You see, we have some Christians, and here's how they are. You watch them in the kind of a nonchalant attitude about life. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Are you serving in the church? Well, no, not really waiting for God to kind of turn on the bulb so I can find something to do that fits my great talent. And you watch them, and they're like this. Man, you look pretty good. Oh, I'm content. I'm just, uh, how are you doing outside the church? Are you light and salt? Well, no, not really. I'm just waiting for God to open the door so I could share. How long have you been a Christian? 22 years. <laughs> what are you? Oh, I'm, I'm just exactly what you talked about this morning, Pastor Mark. I'm content. No, you're lazy. You're complacent. You're absolutely useless in the kingdom of God. All you're thinking about is you. You see, until you and I serve, we will, listen to this, we'll never be godly. Until you're serving with your gifts, until you're sharing the gospel, you can't be godly. Jesus says, I came to serve, not to be served. But we climb this crazy ladder. Eh, something wrong with this church. Something wrong with that ministry. Something wrong with this. Something wrong with me. Yeah, there is something wrong with you. You're absolutely complacent. How do I know that? How do I know that I should be moving forward? Well, Paul would say this toward the end of his life. I'm always pressing to the goal. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Now, he learned to be content. You'll see that in a moment. But he was always trying to be godly. He knew he couldn't do it by himself. But notice, Paul doesn't give us this statement for no reason. We can't be content unless we're pursuing godliness. And we can't be godly unless we're pursuing being content. 
They absolutely fit together. You say, well, Pastor Mark, if I'm content, then can I have any stuff? Well, sure. Notice Psalm 8411, the Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. God's a great God. He loves to just give us and give us and give us. But the key is to trust the sovereignty of God. God knows how much to give you. Because he knows if you'll manage it right or not. Some of you haven't proven with little, and God won't give you more. See, the reason God gives us is so we give to others. When I started teaching, I started teaching kids. Sunday school. I tried to be faithful. God said, you're faithful. I'll move you along. That doesn't make me any better today than any before. It just means that I realize that God wants to use me. But I couldn't at that age be like this. Man, I want to be in front of 8,000 people every weekend, God. I'm hearing these little kids in the room. No, that's the ladder of discontent. You know where I'd still be? Right back there. Be satisfied where you're at right now. Let God minister. Turn with me quickly to Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. Keep your finger in Timothy. Don't let your finger go. Because we'll be right back. Philippians chapter 4. As you turn there, write this down. Contentment is a learned response. Contentment is a learned response. It would be nice that the day you come and accept Jesus Christ and become a Christ follower, that God says, here's a big dose of contentment. You're settled. You don't need any more. That doesn't work. Look at what Paul says. Philippians chapter 4 verse 11. Paul says this, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret. That word learn means I'm ongoing. I'm still learning. I have learned the secret of being content in any, in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in one. Now, how did he learn that? Verse 13 is the key. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. You see, my sin nature fights contentment and goodness. Paul says here that to be content and godly, I have to have God's strength, God's help, God's anointing every single day. God will help keep me off the ladder of discontent. The key is to understand this. If you missed all the rest of service, understand this key. If you're a Christ follower today and you're not in active sin, then wherever you are, God has you there. He has you there for a purpose. To serve, to minister, to be a blessing to others. He'll bless you. And wherever, it doesn't matter the circumstances, doesn't matter sickness, money, disease. I'm wanting things. I think I don't have. Wherever I am, God will provide whatever I need to complete his will. He will never ask me to do something that he doesn't provide me to accomplish his will. So wherever I'm at, that is so true for Abram. If he stayed in Israel, God would have provided. Wherever you're at today, learn to be content where you're at. Now let me give you a little side thing. This is extra credit. Pastor Mark, I'm in a trial right now. I'm in a difficulty right now. Well, I have to say this to you. You and I will never learn to be content unless God takes us into trials. See, I can always be content if everything's perfect. But when it's not, 
That's where I'm learning. If you're there, relax. God's in control. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. But it looks like it. Don't go there. Number three. Back to 1 Timothy 6. Enjoy today and invest for eternity. Enjoy today and invest for eternity. Now, notice what Paul says. You're right there, 1 Timothy 6. We read verse 6 again and all the way through 8. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world. We can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, food and clothing, clothing means not just clothing on our backs, but it means shelter. If we have food and clothing, we can be content with that. What does that do to the greed monster? It kills it. One of the greatest ways for you to defeat coveting, evil desires and selfish desires, is to go on a mission trip short term. If you'll save and go on a mission trip, you will be so far ahead of killing this stupid discontent because you will be in places all over the world where people have nothing but a little food and a little something to cover them. And you'll come back saying this, they're happy. How can that be? They don't have their iPod. They don't have their iPhone. They don't have the big... How can that be? They just have God. Hello. What does Paul bring up this crazy thing about life and death for? Number one, enjoy people. People are a great blessing to us. During the summer, we kick back a lot. Invite people over to your house. Be friendly. Be around people. Get people here and be with them. Enjoy people. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your vacations as you go. God gives us all things richly to enjoy. Don't feel like, I'm guilty. I get to go on a vacation. Enjoy it. But invest for eternity. This is no longer a ladder of discontent. This is a ladder of perspective. Climb the ladder with me as we close today. If you look back at your birth... How did you arrive into this world? What does Paul say? You arrived what? You can say it in church. You arrived what? Naked. And how much did you bring with you? Nothing. Chris and Sarah, and Chris is the head of IT, they just had their first baby, and he sent me all these emails and pictures and whatever. Too much information, changing diapers. I don't need all those pictures. But I can tell you this. The picture of the baby, the baby came like every other baby. Naked. And had nothing until they put something on them. So let's reflect back at, at that. Your birth. Well, this, this is a great ladder of perspective. Let's go to your death. When you die, how will you die? Exactly the same. I've been in many morgues. You'll die naked. And by the way, no matter what you want to put where they bury you, or what they cremate with you, how much you taking with you? You're taking nothing. So what does that mean? My entrance into the world and my exit from the world are exactly the same. And the only thing that matters is between now and then. I should live for today, 
but I should send ahead for tomorrow. And what does that mean? Investing tomorrow, look at this, 1 Timothy 6, message. It's powerful. Tell those rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God. Say it with me. Tell them to go after God, who piles on all the riches we could ever manage to do good, to be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous. If they do that, they will build a treasury that will last, gaining life that is truly life. Thanks for being extravagantly generous. Thanks in this church for helping others. Thanks in our video campuses for being those people that you understand. Working for God and witnessing about God. Bring treasure in heaven. You're going to leave without any stuff. Everything you start up is going to be gone. But you're sending it ahead. You're doing the wise thing. Now I have one more statement from this ladder of perspective. One day you will arrive at your departure. When you die, where will you spend eternity? You see, there's only two destinations. Heaven with God. Hell without God. There's only two. Unlike the Eastern religions that have supposedly contentment, they say we keep coming back. That's a lie. Unlike some of you that believe that doesn't matter how you die... Somebody can move you with money or prayers to heaven. That's a lie. The scripture says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Well, Pastor Mark, do I have to really look to the end of my life? You should. It's the most important thing you should look at. Because this is so short compared to eternity. See, between now and here, you have to get on the right road. What road are you on today? If you're on the road that doesn't end in heaven, you're on the wrong road. Well, Pastor Mark, what road gets me to heaven? Is it like this church? No. Jesus said this, I'm the way and the truth and the life. If you've never turned your life over to Jesus Christ, if you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins, if you've never begun a relationship of following him, you will never arrive where you want to arrive. I end with this verse. John gives us a great truth. It says this. Now, this is eternal life. In other words, this is how to get to eternal life. That they may know you. It's a personal relationship with God. How do I know the only true God? Through Jesus Christ, whom you sent. You see, Jesus Christ came to this earth. He was taken up on a ladder and put on a cross for you. I can tell you about him, but I can't put you on the right road. Only a relationship with him will do it. In Pastor Mark's teaching today, you were reminded that conquering the temptation to covet someone else's stuff begins in the heart. Several places in the New Testament make a correlation between godliness and contentment. Being satisfied with what you have and where you are, if you're following God's will, is the state of mind you want to have all the time. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This completes Pastor Mark's message, Greener Grass. Next time, he'll begin a message called Obeying God's Commandments. He'll teach about the fact that God's commandments, His moral principles, are the only way you can find true fulfillment in this life. You'll find out how to get into this state of mind and being as well as the things that can derail this pursuit. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. in a hurry.